everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, I want to let you know that uh, we are here each and every week, and this is our Street Smart Spirituality Hour, and I'm telling you, we have got a show for you today. I hope you're by the telephone because you're going to want to call in on this show. It's a special show something we've created especially for our BBS listeners. My guest today is an incredible individual. You talk about winning awards for the gift that you have. You talk about a lifetime where you dedicate it to your, your craft, to knowing all there is to know about what you do. That is what my guest, Jeff Jower, is about today. Today's show is Reality Versus Illusion. And reality versus illusion and the Saturn-Neptune opposition. Jeff is a well-known astrolog- well known in the astrological uh, community. He is known by people across the globe for his outstanding work in astrology as well as being the author of Your Astrology Guide 2006, of course, with his buddy Rick Levine. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Saturn, Neptune, and also about what's going on in your life. Uh, Jeff is joining us here today uh, uh, after teaching all over the country, regional conferences on four continents. He's be, uh, been on the faculty of every UAC and has spoken at the World Congress of Astrology in Switzerland four times. And he continues to bring uh, insight and understanding to what some people think, think is a complex group of philosophies to understand, and we're talking about the history and science of astrology. Jeff is here with us today, as I said before, as the co-founder of AFAN and UAC. You'll hear about what those are, and uh, also as the uh, recipient of numerous awards. He's with us today to help us understand what's going on right now and to answer your personal questions about astrology and beyond. We certainly will delve into what's going on in my chart while we're waiting for all of you to call in. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. Oh, well, it's my pleasure, Pat. Glad to be here. Reality versus illusion. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes I I really choose illusion (laughs) to spend some time in. (laughs) Well, from a spiritual perspective, illusion may be more true than reality. You know, they're, they're really two different forms of existence that aren't separate from one another. Reality in the broadest sense being described here as Saturn, the planet of form and structure, and Neptune, the principle of dissolving form and structure. That's what we're playing with. But you're, you're right, Dr. Pat, they're really not quite as separate as we're making them out to be. You know, part of what we were going to talk about today is uh, beyond this very specific aspect of astrology, um, but we're, we're talking about our lives, how we live them, what it's like to reshape our dreams, and what does this mean? You know, we've heard a lot of really nasty things about Saturn. You know what I'm saying? I'm not so sure I've heard as much about Neptune, and maybe you could share a little insight about the dynamics that's going on uh, between this opposition. Well, great. I'd be happy to. Astrological theory is is strongly rooted in the angular relationships between planets. Every month, for example, the sun and the moon oppose one another during the full moon, and most of us experience it in, in some kind of emotional or meaningful way. 
Well, oppositions between any of the planets are significant astrologically, and Saturn, that principle of form and structure or crystallization, began a series of direct oppositions to the planet Neptune very late last August, and this pattern will be finishing at the end of this month. And what this is really about is the Earth is between the principle of making it real, bringing it down to Earth, dealing within boundaries and limits as represented by Saturn, and the land of illusions and dreams as represented by Neptune. So the contrast between these two has been the major planetary theme from an astrological perspective since last summer, and we're now coming to the culminating point. What does that mean, coming to the culminating point? Because some people, when we come to the end of some things, Jeff, some people jump up and down and say, yay! Other people say, oh, what's next? <laughs> uh, uh, right, and, and actually, what this means is that the principles at stake, and I'll describe them in just a moment, are reaching a point where either we jump on board or we miss the boat. Everything from an astrological perspective can be looked at both in constructive and destructive terms. It's, it's like the wind blowing. If you're fighting your way into the wind, then it's an undesirable experience. But if you can tack, turn your sail, alter your perspective and direction, you can take that very same opposing wind and turn it into a force for your own evolution and development. Well, Saturn and Neptune opposite one another mean that we are all, to varying degrees, dealing with this contrast between what's real, what we hold responsibility for, this is again the Saturn world, and where we surrender and let go. And let me give you some examples about how this can look in our own lives. You said that you knew something about Saturn and that it had a bad reputation. I don't, I don't have to <laughs> paraphrase your exact word. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, that's because in astrological tradition, Saturn was called the greater malefic, the worst of the worst, the big, bad planet. Now, this is a pretty simplistic idea. Uh, modern astrology has, I think, a more sophisticated understanding of what this is all about, and Saturn is, again, simply the principle of that which gives things form. When you're building a house, you want the structure of Saturn available to you to build a structure that's going to last, that's going to endure. But when you are under the yoke, under the weight of illness, responsibility, or deadlines, that's Saturn operating in a negative way or in a painful way. At any rate, the Saturn-Neptune opposition, we can look at it very simply in four ways, positively and negatively. Let's do the negatives and get them out of the way first. Okay. Saturn is form and structure. Nebulous, dreamy, spacey, dissolving opposition to Neptune can dissolve authority, rules, and structures that you might want to live by. Where you have been rigid, where you have been bound up in a set of rules and expectations that you're holding on tightly, the dissolving force of Neptune can loosen the grip and leave that to slip out of your hands. Obviously, though, the positive interpretation of that very same formula is where you are rigid, locked, and bound, it is time to forgive yourself and to dissolve those responsibilities and restrictions that you impose. So the very same sort of cosmically chemical action of dissolving structures can be positive or negative. 
Okay? Conversely, Saturn, the planet of boundaries and limits, opposing itself on Neptune's alliance of spirituality, ideals, and dreams, could, for some, manifest itself as the end of whole dreams. The realization that some ideal you have held or some hope of great significance is nothing more than a, than a passing cloud, that it's really a fantasy that's not going to turn into reality. The other side, however, is where you hold ideals, dreams, faith, and spirituality that you commit to. Committing is a Saturn word. Um, when you have the discipline, the commitment, and the focus, you can begin to turn. All right, everyone. We uh, I think we stepped away for a few minutes because we are taking care of Mercury getting ready to go into retrograde. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. Is that true? <laughs> well, it is true. What happens is the planet of communication, technology, and detail is about to turn retrograde or go backwards in about a week, and we are in its shadow, meaning that its influence is beginning to creep up and therefore the likelihood for technical errors and snafus is perhaps a little bit great. So when we take a look at what's going on, Jeff, when we when we step out and we, we look at what's happening with the planets, what what it means to look at getting rid of some of this old stuff. And you mentioned forgiveness. Boy, I, I'd like to look at it as an energy that I've been sensing lately that has to do with, would this be appropriate, cleaning out the corners of my closet, so to speak? Well, y- yes, and that that cleaning is, is more of the nature of forgiving, releasing, and letting yes. go rather yes. than rubbing it with a hard wire brush. That, that Got the it. Gift, the gift of Neptune has a quality of softening with it, whereas paradoxically the challenge of Saturn is that it's so hard. So moving between hard and soft, between control and surrender, is another aspect of this long-term Saturn opposition. You know, what you're talking about is so important right now. A lot of what I hear from my listeners and the people that I come into contact with, Jeff, has to do with a level of stuckness that uh, they talk about as it relates to their past, as it relates to past events, as it relates to, I was on the phone with a woman the other day who was telling me about how bad she felt about a pint of ice cream that she ate and could not let go of the guilt and shame. Yeah. Well, you know, guilt and shame uh, are, in traditional astrological terms, part of Saturn's sphere. It is the shadow of manifestation. I mean, the whole notion of original sin, not that I buy into it on a personal level, but the whole philosophy about that is the shame of falling into matter, that Saturn is the fall of man of kind from the divine spiritual non-manifest into the denser manifest form. So, you know, the notion of shame is something that we all have a potential to experience because we, we glimpse or sense that we're part of the divine connected to everything, yet we experience our lives in these individual packages of our own bodies. I think there is a sort of inherent potential for shame there. Uh, and, and, and I would say to that person about the pint of ice cream that 
no one creates shame, we can simply visit shame. In other words, mm. powerful emotions don't belong to us individually. We witness them. We experience them individually, but both the hardware, which is the physical body, the organs, the biochemistry that makes up emotion and thought, and the software, the rules of the culture of the society we live in, basically creates the conditions that evoke shame or fear or doubt or desire. So I think that part of the Neptune-Saturn opposition on a collective level is to be a bit more subtle about responsibility. I'm not suggesting that we're not uh, responsible for the actions that we take, but perhaps we're not quite so responsible for the feelings that we have. Well, certainly we've had emotional roller coaster rides uh, from not from just a personal perspective in terms of what I hear, Jeff, but it's been an emotional roller coaster ride globally. What's happened in the environment, what's happened in the economy for some for some countries, what's certainly happened with war. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, is that know. Saturn and Neptune going at it? <laughs> well, I think what Saturn and Neptune. Yes, perhaps the Dr. Pat has a greater sensitivity to these things. I mean, okay. the, hor- the horrors that are committed uh, in in the name of the law uh, every day, uh, you know, throughout all of our lives are are unconscionable. There's there's mm. none of us who could, I think, in, as a normal human being, look into the root causes of some of the suffering we humans create for ourselves without being overwhelmed by. It. But the Saturn-Neptune opposition perhaps taps us into a greater collective sense of what that suffering is about. Before the program you had you had brought up to me uh, uh, off the air about you know people contacting you into June be wild and you know lots of lots of weird stuff that's going on. And yes. I, I don't know if it's more or simply whether we're more tuned into it and aware of it now. And, and I think there is a kind of threshold that we're crossing at the end of this month when Saturn begins to pull away from Neptune, which is as the old illusions have faded away, we are setting patterns in for new ideals and dreams. So there's a, there's a great sort of tentative feeling and I think collective vulnerability that we're all part of. You know, Jeff, uh, this is such a fascinating conversation, and the question that I have is, are we all going to feel the effects of Saturn and Neptune, or is, are, are some of us going to feel it either more or less, depending upon our own personal charts? Well, I think, we're, I, I think we will feel it individually while mm-hmm. we share this collective sea of the human experience of consciousness, so that when the, when the waves... Uh, uh, change. We're all in those waters, but yeah, we're angled at different positions based upon our own individuality. Certainly, some people will experience this more powerfully than others based upon their own individual Many people have talked about this optimistic Jupiter uh, and what's happening with Jupiter, I guess, Jupiter and Sagittarius. Uh, I, I certainly have gotten numerous calls from people that, uh, well, my listeners know that uh, my birthday is December 11th, and, you know, they've heard me talk about different experiences in my life, 
and are asking me, uh, I get at least a couple of emails a day uh, from people asking me if this level of expansiveness that I feel is still continuing. And, and the answer for me is yes. And do I know why? Not really. <laughs> Not from an astrological point of view, I don't. Um, but you could share something about that. Well, certainly Jupiter, the planet of expansion and traditionally associated with optimism, spends about a year in each sign of the zodiac. And it's in mm-hmm. Sagittarius right now, which is your sun sign. There or your sun, your will, your consciousness, the essence of your identity, is getting a wave of expansion as represented by Jupiter. I think, however, that while transits or changing patterns, both in challenging and rewarding ways, uh, seem to move through, that is, they seem to last for certain periods of time, that they all contribute to our cumulative experience. And mm-hmm. that the purpose of being expansive and optimistic now is to enlarge our capacity to be expansive and optimistic, even when things are fronting. Yes. Uh, well, you know, people that know me, Jeff, have seen me as optimistic for most of my life. And yet, at the same time, they've not seen me, quote, expansive. Uh, and it's been really interesting to see uh, in my own life how things have changed. Now, on your website, and the website I'm referring to is www.stariq.com, you have a very interesting article on there that says, When I'm 63. Uh-huh. And, yes, and it talks about uh, Uranus and the cycles, and at age 21, 42, 63, and 84. I can tell you that for my own life, at age 42, man, was my life turned up and down, and it was career. And it wasn't until I looked at my chart and the transit of that time did I see that, and I'm probably not going to get this right, Jeff, but let me give you the flavor of it, that Uranus was passing through my career house. And so when when someone looked at that, they said, "Oh, of course you were you were downsized after 25 years." <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, this is incredible. How can we get to understand what what astrology is about? It seems so complicated." Well, you know, like anything else, it has its complications. I think you know, as as you know, when you've studied a field significantly enough to be skillful in it, one of the things you learn is what to rule out, what to eliminate as useful information. In other words, from an astrological perspective, there are tons of data that we can use to describe who a person is and describe the cycles in their life. The astrologer's job, I believe, is to sort of synthesize that into something useful. Mm -hmm. Um, Many astrologers I know uh, give very long consultations, and that doesn't work for me because I'm not interested in providing all of the information. I'm providing information that's going to be digested and used. An astrological reading isn't an intellectual exercise, a form of distraction or entertainment, 
or some comprehensive picture of your life story. For me, at least, it is a means by which we can give information that people can actually use, and that requires leaving out something, nothing critical, but focusing on that which is essential. Look, from a psychological perspective, many of our issues, uh, I, I think, derive from focusing on falsity. You know, that, that we can have a dozen explanations for why we're not happy in relationships, each one of which makes sense. But what's most important is which of those, or perhaps what as yet unstated reason, is the one where we have the power to change things and make a real difference in our lives. Data without application isn't interesting. Oh, it, this is so fascinating. I want to invite our listeners uh, to have an opportunity to connect with you, Jeff, and call in and get some insight uh, on their astrological charts, on, on what's going on in their lives. And, and Jeff Jower is here with us today, as I said before, he is uh, nationally renowned for his work as a professional astrologer and has been doing so since 1973. And he's practiced in numerous places uh, uh, across the country. We're honored to have him here today. A website that I could refer you to uh, is StarIQ.com, www.StarIQ.com. If you want to connect, have a reading with Jeff right now on air, the number to call is toll-free, 877 876 5227-877-876-5227. And uh, my friends right here at bbsradio.com will bring you up. We'll connect you with Jeff and we'll get your, your questions answered. Uh, you know, Jeff, in, in looking at a number of different things, I know you've had a chance or maybe you haven't, uh, to take a look at my chart. And what I like to do with my listeners is I'm not afraid to kind of put myself out there before they certainly call in. <laughs> and get some insight. Uh, and I don't know if you've had a chance to look at my chart, but one of the questions that came from uh, my listeners today that uh, knew that you were going to be on the air with me is a question that they asked. They asked, is there a peak in my chart? I didn't really understand what that meant. But the question was, is there a peak in my chart? And we'll take that question after we listen to, uh, we connect with one of our callers that just called in. So let's go to the phones. Who do we have online right now? Uh, this is Gail from Kansas. Hey, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm doing well, let me introduce you to Jeff. Jeff, you are a fan. Fantastic, interesting man. Oh, <laughs> thank you, say. Gail. Very <laughs> outspoken. <laughs> I like. Well, we want to connect you. Um. So I guess I'm supposed to ask a question, right? Oh, you go for it. I want to know why I keep picking these men that have serious emotional, <laughs> mental issues. That question probably uh, applies to a million other women listening to this show. <laughs> oh, yes, honey, but I'm an enabler. I pick, them, I pick these old dogs and snakes up off the road, and I think I can change them. Well, Gail, okay. what, what, Gail what's your date of birth? It's 9-20-55. 9-20. Do you happen to know your time of birth? Yes, it was 4.34 p.m. Hey, Gail, do you want to hear something? Huh? Your birth date, 920, yes. is the same as my best friend. You're kidding. No, and I have a feeling she's going to be calling in after you, so let's take you first. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, we got them double-digit things going on, like the 11s and the 22s and stuff. And, 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 Gail, where were you born? I was born in Iola, Kansas. Uh, okay. So let me run up your chart here, and I'll see if I can come up with an answer, although I agree with <laughs> Dr. Pat. You know, you're dealing with men. What can I tell you? Fine, you know, yeah. I know. We, we are not the relationship gender. We're we're here to we're here to seed and run. I know. You know? Well, thank God uh, we uh, didn't seed. Okay. <laughs> uh, obvi- obviously, there there are exceptions, but uh, <laughs> let me take a look at your chart. I've got it up here on the screen, okay. and. Uh, Oh, well, it's pretty interesting. The seventh house in a birth chart is the house of partnership, yeah. and you have Pluto in this house of your horoscope, which is often associated with attracting people who are quite complex. Oh, it's yeah. almost as if through relationship, and maybe I didn't need your chart to say that, but through relationship, you encounter the complexity in yourself. I know. Um, I would recommend this. Um, is keep things as simple as you possibly can. Mm. Be as honest as you can. Well, I'm trying and it isn't working. Well, too bad because it's going to work in the long run or it certainly is a more likely uh, 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 way to achieve fulfillment and happiness than it does dancing around other people's stuff. I agree. A key issue is you're a complex person. You're deeply intense emotionally. You have the moon in Scorpio. Yes. I don't know that you really trust on some level, and therefore you attract untrustworthy people. The yeah. disappointment you experience fulfills your expectations. Now, if you go into things understanding what if you're a complex person and you're not easy to satisfy and no. you make it more difficult on your partners and it's worth it because you're worth it, that may be a way to turn this around. Hmm. But I don't see it turning around for the one that I'm with. Oh, you're with someone now, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you, you certainly have the capacity to Nine years. On. You have the capacity to hold on longer than you should. Masochism is not a path to oh, I know. success. <laughs> but I'm trying to send him home to his family, and he don't want to go. And I don't well, know how. Oh, God. <laughs> obviously, you, you've got choices to make. Number one, clearly, and it sounds like, Gail, you're on a track to doing that, is recognizing this is not your responsibility. Right, right. I've outgrown the relationship. What was uh, nine years and what is now is not the same anymore. Right. And in talking about Saturn, the planet of hard, cold reality, is moving through your seventh house of, of primary partnership or yeah. marriage. Yeah. And, and it, it is an appropriate period of time to draw a line in the sand. You're, you're likely beyond the point of negotiation. And, oh, yeah. And, you know take care of business on a practical level and then sort out things emotionally after. Hold on a minute. Hold on. <laughs> I think that she's got a committee speaking up for her right now. <laughs> now the, the universe is reflecting something here. Exactly. 
Exactly. You know, that was very interesting. Hey, Gail, are you still there? I, I, I think we must have lost Gail. Well, you know, Jeff, you, you have such a fabulous way of really looking at this and talking to people and really helping people understand something they already know, by the way. Uh, yes, very good point. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes not, not when I we're in our... But that people know that they have their internal wisdom. It's just hard for us to see our own stuff when we're right in the middle of it, uh, you know? I'm sometimes bad. we need a little insight. Oh, uh, we I'm, thought you I'm... were gone forever. Well, um, this individual that we're talking about... Yes. I'm going to have to call 911 right now. Oh, There's no. An ambulance here. Why? Well, because he has fell into the... I, I made him go take a shower. He's been on a drunk for three weeks now. And I made him go take a shower. And uh, he's now doing, displaying the same symptoms that happened four years ago when he had the blood clot in his brain and we were within 15 minutes of him dying. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you, you, you know what? We're going to say a prayer for you, and you go take care this of your business. I'm telling you guys. I, am, I can't take this anymore. We hear you. It. We hear you. Yeah, our prayers to, go out to you. It's time to let this go, isn't it? I think. Well, first take care of the, the 911 call. Right. <laughs> that first. All right, honey. All right, Good thank you. Good luck, Good luck, Gail. Many okay. prayers, many blessings to you. You too, guys. Bye. Well, okay, Dr. take care. Pat, well, right Jeff, I mean... Of, we're right in the middle of their crisis. Amazing, huh? Well, it is amazing, and I have to tell you, in the, in the time that I've been on air, there's been, there's been a, a perfect time for just about every caller that's called in. There's something that they have heard, something that has happened, something that connects with a bigger picture and a higher order of things, Jeff. And, and I think that, you know, we were here for her in that moment, that moment before that crisis that we just heard live on air. And I want to say that our prayers go out to both her and both her, 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 uh, her husband in prayer and health and in having them find the way of peace so that they can reconcile. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the work that you do, Jeff, is helping people get to a place where they believe and know that they have the freedom to make decisions. Let's make sure everyone has the phone number, 877-876-5227, 877-876-5227. We're still taking your calls. If you want to, if you want to check in, Jeff's going to be able to look up your chart, get some information, share it with you, and help you discover what might be going on right now from an astrological point of view. Jeff, am I sending people to the right website, www.stariq? Stariq.com is the main website that Rick Levine okay. and I created back in 1999. Okay. But you can also uh, learn a great deal and catch up with both Rick and me at Tarot, dot com, where we also send all right. Well, it didn't take long for uh, another caller to call in here, Jeff. Let's go to the phones. Who do we have joining us right now? Okay. This is your worst nightmare. This is Linda, <laughs> and I'm from New Jersey, and I'm the one that has the 920, but I'm not telling you the year because I'm older than you. You have to tell the year. He can't yes. do your charge. It won't work without the year. Go ahead. And if I make one up, then it really won't work, will it? That's, that's well, I know the bet. I know better. I know the year you're born. All right, nine twenty forty nine. Okay. 
Hey, Jeff, before you do that, let me ask you a question. What are the odds of getting two people to call in on a show like this that have the same birthday, September 20th? Uh, it depends. Well, if you've got only two callers, it's one out of, 100, of 365. If you have ten callers, it's one out of 36. Oh, All right. No, no, actually, the odds are, are, are lower. Do you know that old thing about a classroom and any classroom of 30 kids? The odds are overwhelming that two of them will have the same birthday. So no. actually, it's, that, that, it's not that rare, but but it is interesting. What what time were you born? Well, my mother's not sure. It was between noon and um, twelve thirty, so somewhere in between there. But okay, I came, well, that's I, came, the... I was hungry, so I came for lunch. Uh, and and where were you born? New York City. Okay, and what's your first name? Linda. Oh, hi, Linda. Hi. Okay, so let's see what we can find out about you. Well, don't find you're, the same. You're almost as old as I am, so, you know, i got to blow all the dust off the books here to, <laughs> to find out where the planets were in these prehistoric times. Well, could you do me uh, one favor? Don't find the same thing Gail found, because I'm not ready for 911. No, no, you're... you're your, your chart is not nearly as complex, let's, let's just say that, well, that's good. as Gail's chart. Okay. You're a Virgo, as you probably know, and yes. you have the planet of emotion and feeling in Virgo, but it's all presented to a happy-go-lucky, I'm-just-kidding Sagittarius ascendant. So you're at least able to take complex issues or your complex inner stuff and put it in, I think, a pretty active and positive package. Um, what I'd like to talk about, basically, is the fact that Saturn will be passing over your moon later this fall. It's a 29-year cycle around the sun and around your chart. Saturn, the planet of hard cold reality, comes to your moon again almost once every three decades, and it's coming there this fall, which is really about restructuring your life. Changes uh -oh. in day-to-day -day habit pattern and routine building in, hopefully, healthy, constructive activities and exercises to really lay a new foundation for yourself. Even if you feel like you're 110 years old, so, so that's really about the past. What's coming up, Linda, is the capacity for you to nourish and nurture yourself all over again and to build a safe core of competence that will bring you more pleasure and, and, and joy back to your life. The, the oddity is, if you work at it, you can create more joy for yourself. And that work means looking at what's going on in your daily routine, in your attitude, in your diet, in your family, and not tearing everything apart, but starting to make small step-by-step improvements where you can. A number of small don't seem that important individually can add up to enormously positive and destructive change. Just be patient, it's coming. So I need to get start getting ready now, if I understand correctly, get start getting ready now for the fall. Yeah, and you know, I but you know what I think the preparation is? The preparation is to have fun first. Don't go to work first. That's your first instinct, to go to work. Play now and then go to work. I like that. In, 
Enjoy yourself. Do something creative because wrapping, wrapping life change around seriousness and effort can be very unmotivating. Whereas if you have a core of pleasure, a core of delight, a core of creativity and play first, that will give you the inner nourishment that will facilitate you doing the harder work that lies ahead. Don't go to don't don't start working until at least at least fall. Play now. So I should quit my job. Uh, if you if you possibly if if that's what it takes. I mean I don't know the rest of your circumstances, but the order of change, Linda, uh, and one of the things that astrology is particularly good at is describing how much change seems to be appropriate. And the order of change this fall is significant enough to quit a job to change your work. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Sounds, it, sounds good to It's me. that fun word. Really? I have to get that back into my mm-hmm. vocabulary. That's right. I think I lost it somewhere. Right. Well, be a kid first before okay. you go back to being a grown-up. Okay. Okay, I can do okay. that. That's Great. your assignment. Pardon me? That's your assignment. Okay. Sounds like a good one to me. <laughs> okay, well, I wish we all had that going on. Really? <laughs> yeah, take care, Linda. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, Jeff Jower is here with me, and uh, as again, I want to direct you to his website, www.tarot.com, and check it out, and we're taking your calls tonight on the Dr. Pat Show. If you want to find out more about me and uh, the 15 hours of live programming radio that I do, go to www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com. Check it out, and uh, you'll see that we're here every Wednesday, 6 o'clock Pacific time, with inspiring and life-changing guests. Jeff Jower is my guest today, and we are taking your calls. As you know, you can reach us at 877-876-5227. And, uh, Jeff, I think we've got another call. Okay. Okay, who's joining us tonight? Hi, this is Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, hi, Jeff. Hi, Cheryl. What's your date of birth? 8-10-1953. 8-10-53? Yes. And what time were you born, do you Eight, know? 8.48 a.m. Oh, that's good. And where were you born? Seattle, Washington. Oh, I heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice little town. Yeah, yeah. Just over the bridge where I live. Cheryl, oh. what, would you like, what would you like to talk about? Uh, I've been doing really, really good financially for the last six years, and I've kind of hit a huge bump this last three months, and I was wondering if I'm going to get out of it pretty soon. Okay. Well, let me do my best. My approach tends to be more energetic than, than simply event-oriented. You know, if you've been listening to the show, you've heard that Saturn, the planet of hard, cold reality, is an important player, and it's in Leo now, which happens to be your sun sign. You're a Leo. Uh-huh. Not only were you born with the sun in Leo, but you were born with Mars, the active planet, powerful Pluto, and the moon. I think, uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong. As I like to say, I'd rather the client be happy than me be right. 
And in this case, Saturn will be passing over your Leo planet until the end of August. You've got to sort of hold it in a little bit until then. Um, you know, do your best. You may not be out of this contracting mode until the end of August. Although, as I said, I'd rather you be happy than you be right. Also consider that if you're not getting the results that you want, maybe a different method is appropriate. Now, I know you can create ways of doing things that are beautiful, brilliant, and effective, yet your chart suggests that the key to success is the willingness to experiment and do things differently from time to time, even if you have to give up a method temporarily that has been successful. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. All right, Cheryl. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Saturn and Leo, that's what you talked about, uh, Jeff. What, what exactly does, does that sound like, having Saturn and Leo? Well, she doesn't have Saturn and Leo. We all do now. Oh, okay. What, what I think Saturn and Leo, Saturn's the planet of, of, of limit and necessity. So, right. so first, Saturn and Leo suggest that our limits will be about Leo issues. Too much ego, not enough ego. And that our fulfillment or that constructive behavior comes to the positive side of Leo, which is me created and not relying on other people. I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that because someone is Leo, they can't have relationships. Of course not. But Saturn and Leo says each one of us needs to be a hero. Each one of us has the potential, the responsibility, the obligation, and the opportunity at this time to operate at a higher creative level. Okay. I want to remind everyone, Jeff Jower is here with me today. Wow, what a great show, Jeff. I'm so appreciating what you do. This is so interesting. And obviously from the, the folks that are calling in, they are uh, captivated as well. I want to make sure, again, folks know we're still taking your calls at 877-876-5227, 877-876-5227. And, you know, let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, we started to talk a little bit about my chart but before we, we've got the, the callers to call in. Maybe we can tap into some of this in terms of what people are saying to me about this year, about Jupiter and Sagittarius, uh, Sagittarius and what that means. I'm probably the person that knows least about my own chart. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, you're better off. Okay. Oh, thank you. If your life is working, don't ask too many questions. Well, I'm telling you, I'm feeling like my life is working, but I certainly agree uh, from a personal and a professional level. Uh, this year in particular has been absolutely expansive beyond my imagination. Oh, that, that, that's really wonderful. And, and, you know, in looking at this Jupiter and Sagittarius suggests that the principle of growth and expansion comes from having a long-range vision. Sagittarius Mm -hmm. looks far, which means it's sometimes awkward or clumsy in the moment, overlooking details or smaller issues and items of the present, but that the opportunities that this planet represents comes with their willingness to to look down the road, not be bound up 
simply by what we're facing in the moment and to take a more expansive view of our lives. I have to tell you that any of the any of the people on the Dr. Pat show listening to what you just said, they have just put up their glasses and cheered and said, "Boy, did he nail her!" <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. Well, I you do. Are one, you are one hardworking person with with more responsibility in your heart than any five of us need. You have the moon of emotion and feeling in responsible Capricorn right next to do it, get it done, active and dynamic Mars. Both of these are near the top of your chart. Boy, thank you for taking care of the world, Dr. Wow. And uh, I certainly feel like that's what's happening right now. And uh, I'm truly blessed for uh, being able to reach people by radio. I certainly didn't think about that, that this would be my life until three and a half years ago. And um, and it's been wonderful, not that I haven't learned a whole lot, but clearly when you talked about having a vision, we I have a very large vision to reach many, many people. And what we say on the Dr. Pat Show is that if we reach one listener that hears one thing that's going to help them live their lives to the best that they can live, then we've done our job. That's wonderful. That's great. Jeff, when you look at what's going on from a planetary, from an astrological point of view uh, in the world right now, is there a way to explain it from an app, from from astrology? And and at some level, people seem to say this is the most confusing time, the most angry time. Other people say no, this is the most awakening time, enlightening time. And other people say it's both. Well, I agree with the both position because we are each we are all looking at things from a different angle, from a different perspective. One person in the world, probably more than one, at this very moment is falling in love and is in a state of total ecstasy. And one person is in mortal danger and great physical pain. Obviously, we don't experience the same thing at the same time. There are big events, big disasters, big issues which affect us all, but generally we're having our own different stories. Not only that, we could have a great morning and a difficult afternoon. So, I, you know, I, I don't try to fit everything into one basket. You know, I, I, I think that life is really about perspective on some level and that we have different perspectives. While there is the larger pattern, it's like the weather. For example, where you and I are here, it's, it's been a wet couple of days. Well, it's wet for everybody, but some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. For some, it's the nourishing water or the rain that reminds them of, of, the, of the rising life force of the spring. And for others, it's another gray day in Seattle. So, you know, our minds, our eyes reshape the environment according to, you know, our unique experience. Every single one of us gets to contribute at the most fundamental level of our being and gets to connect on both the physical plane and the spiritual plane. When you look at the astrological chart, what aspects of the chart do you look at to help one understand their spiritual journey? Well, 
you know, everything counts, and the pattern of an individual chart will point in a direction that can vary from person to person. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, many of my colleagues and I are especially interested in what are called the moon's nodes, the overlapping points of the Earth's orbit around the sun and the moon's orbit around the Earth. Many of us find that to be quite meaningful in terms of describing the direction of evolution for a soul. The movement away from old patterns will be in our wheels towards new and more challenging ones, but which drive us forward in constructive and powerful ways. I mean, the whole chart counts. It all matters. But the nodes are a particularly interesting point from an evolutionary or developmental point of view. So, for example, when you look at the nodes, and let's use my chart as an example, what do you see? Uh, and I guess there are north and south nodes? That's right. They're always opposite one another. The Hindu astrologers call them the dragon's tail and the dragon's head. The tail hmm. of the south node representing old familiar patterns, perhaps from past lives, as we're uncertain, of course. Um, but the south node represents something we know how to do. But if we keep doing it, we spin our wheels because it's a class we've already completed. For you, the south node is in Virgo, a sign of service, a sign of analysis, a sign of technical skill. So you're coming from a place of criticism, analysis, expertise, sort of service and responsibility. What you're moving towards is your north node in Pisces, which has, is more about spirit. Virgo is, is, is more the content. Pisces is more the intent. Someone who's got the north node in Pisces is learning that they don't have to be so precise to be valuable, to be of service. And that what's more important is the emotional quality of experience you have rather than the specific details of that experience. That's the journey from Virgo to Pisces. Well, uh, that certainly sums up my life right there, Jeff. <laughs> well, that's a part of it. <laughs> it does. And, well, what's interesting about what you just said, as I look back, and I look back at the early years in my life, I'm not familiar, even though I think we've had two Virgos call in today, two Virgos and a Leo, actually, and uh, and I don't know much about them, but clearly, if I look at the first part of my life, it was part of a corporate structure. It was about doing things right. And as I said, once I moved past being, uh, you know, be at age 42, my whole life turned upside down, and I went back to school and moved to Seattle, and it's a whole nother opening for me. How do we know when we're being pulled? How can we look towards our astrological charts for guidance rather than for the exact word. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, again, it has to be done by somebody who knows the language. And when we know the language, the nodes are very good points. There are other, other points in the chart, of course, that are significant. And each chart tells its own story in a different way. The clues, you know, call it a crime scene. The clues are different as to what's the best way to resolve an issue. But, but certainly moving from the south to the north node, de-emphasizing the qualities of the south node and moving towards embracing the often challenging and uncomfortable experience of the north is almost always beneficial. 
Well, Jeff, this is. uh, I want to make sure that before we run out of time here, that we give out your information and let people know about how they can connect with you directly uh, to get a further explanation or exploration of their astrological chart. And also, I know that you have a number of uh, different newsletters that you send out. So I'd love for you to give out that information. Sure. The best way to get a hold of me is to write me at jjower, J-J-A-W-E-R, at R-I-Q, S-T-A-R-I-Q dot com. If you go to starIQ dot com, you can find out information about my work, the services I offer, and that's where you can also sign up for the New Moon Report, which is a free monthly newsletter, as well as StarIQ's free planet forecast transmitter. So that's a, that's a good place to start. It's a fabulous website, and I and I get uh, messages every day from here uh, because I've signed up, and so I get uh, uh, astrological messages every day. And uh, and they, they, I love getting, I love going to the websites, uh, Jeff. They're just fabulous. There's lots of information. Also, there are a lot of articles, free articles on here that uh, folks can ch- tap into. Right, hundreds. I didn't write most of them. I'm the editor and publisher, um, uh, but we have articles from dozens and dozens of the world's leading astrologers that, that we've selected, created, and, and offered. So please come and look. And now I'm going to ask you what might seem to be a bizarre question, and I'm not sure you'll even be able to answer it. But the question is this, is there one sign in particular, and what I mean by that is perhaps Sagittarius with their son, is there one sign in particular that, that you would raise a flag or a caution or be on the lookout? No, not at all, because okay. the 12 signs are 12 parts of a whole. Each one has its own place. Each one has its own purpose, and I think that part of the gift of astrology is to remind us um, that every slice of the pie has its place, and the ones that are difficult are the ones we're still learning about, not the ones that we should run from. Exactly. Thank you, Jeff. And one of the things I wanted you to mention as well before we close for the night is there is a difference between the birth or the natal chart versus, for example, a transit or uh, what they what you call solar return chart, which really looks at what's happening this year. Is that right? Yes. Well, well, the birth chart, the natal chart, uh, the picture of the planets at birth is, is the foundation for every other chart that comes. So okay. transit to the current movement of the planets and the solar return, which is the transit chart done around your birthday when the sun came back to where it was when you were born, they all hook back to the natal chart. Imagine that we've each got a sort of core cosmic DNA that the birth chart describes. The various forecasting techniques and cycles just show where processes of challenge, development, and evolution are taking place, but it always refers back to the birth pattern. And as someone once said, character is, that is, who we are and who we develop into is much more likely to determine the circumstances of our lives than the external events themselves. 
Well, Jeff Dowler, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I so appreciate who you are and all that you do, and thank you so much for taking the calls of our listeners and, and shedding some light on their situations. Well, thank you, too, Dr. Pat, for all your good work. Uh, keep it up. We really appreciate it, too. Oh, outstanding. Thank you uh, so much, Jeff. Again, StarIQ.com is the website. Wow, I can't believe how quickly the time has gone by. It certainly is zipping right along. I want to thank uh, all of you for listening and tuning in and uh, for joining us on this journey, this journey uh, to awakening, to becoming more aware, and to knowing that you have the power to take the action to live the lives that you want to live. I want to thank everyone at BBSRadio.com for pushing all the buttons for connecting us with a much bigger world. I am blown away by the amount of people that BBS Radio is reaching. All you have to do is go to bbsradio.com, check out the website, click on the demographics button, and you will be amazed at how many countries they are reaching and how many people are coming into view here. We are looking at millions and millions. Thank you all for such a fabulous show. Jeff, as we say on this show, you rock. Thanks to all of our callers. Make yourself a fabulous, fabulous day and many blessings to everyone. A special prayer goes out to Gail and her loved ones. Until next week, know that you are loved and know that you are blessed.